Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Manchester is Red podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Rich Fay. Once again, we're in the comfort of our own homes for this uh, week's podcast. Uh, this one is going to be a question and answer special. And to answer those questions, I've got the wonderful Dominic Booth down the other end of the phone. Hello, Rich. How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm quite good. Um, today, I mean, you talk about the, uh, obviously, the, this is maybe a trivial matter of football anyway, but the trivial matters of coronavirus, getting a new washing machine delivered today. But the delivery oh, really? is that, has that been okay logistically in the lockdown? Not really, because the delivery men can't come in the house and we're not allowed to sort of speak to them. So they've got to come, leave the washing machine on the drive, take the other washing machine, and then we've got to install it ourselves. So that is going to be problematic. That's going to be uh, fun. Don't know how it's going to gonna pan out. But thankfully, the distraction now, I've got the excuse to have to do it because I've got a podcast to record. And like we said... Question and answers this week. Um, we've got our Facebook page, which is the Manchester's Red Podcast Facebook group. So if anyone has any questions for a future Q&A, go there, check the uh, the posts, and there'll often be a uh, an opportunity for you to ask your questions for our panel. And Dom, we've got some good ones today. They were emailed over, so let's hope you're not thinking too much on your feet. But... We're going to start with this one from Patrick Iben, and he asked on the Facebook group, personally, I don't think United need a new striker this summer. I feel Mason Greenwood is just as lethal as Erling Haaland. But who do you think should lead the line for United in the future? He says Marshall or Greenwood, but what do you think, Don? Uh, it's an interesting one because United obviously wanted a striker in January and got uh, Igalo on loan. They were interested in, in Erling Haaland as well. And then that's that's sort of meant that Greenwood is not maybe uh, as front and centre as he might have been. Obviously, this was Rashford's injury, which has mean everyone's getting game time um, as it stood before the season obviously got suspended. I'm sort of inclined to agree with Patrick and think that Greenwood should get a prominent role going forward. And you sort of got to be a bit careful about what kind of striker you do sign because you don't want them to be taking all the time against time away from Greenwood. So maybe that's why United are thinking about a possible permanent deal for Igalo because he could sort of come in and out of the team probably wouldn't expect to play like uh, a signing like Haaland or maybe someone like Timo Werner or Moussa Dembele who they've been linked with would expect to play so yeah I think Patrick makes a good point on, on Greenwood what, what do you think yeah it's difficult I mean I don't know about you but I still feel like you've got that pool of players you've got Rashford Marshall Greenwood none of them we've all been told that they can all play number nine Greenwood obviously I think is the more natural of them but they need to specialise in it now I think it's helped Greenwood that he didn't have that sort of like Makeda moment where he burst onto the scene with a goal because you can never live up to that again we rarely can I think Greenwood's progression has been natural it's been quite slow um, it's just been steady and he, he's still blowing people away so I think Greenwood is one for the future but he's, he's a kid still I don't think you can rely on him to lead the line for United whether he's good or not because people talk about Rashford as if he's a senior player but he's also a kid 
he shouldn't have to have the the pressure he has on him now. And it's credit to him that he's such a talent. But like, yeah, I think I still think they need that that other number nine. But I guess Oji Nagala could be that. I think the that that is a quartet. For me personally, that's a, that's enough firepower. Do you, do you think that's enough as well? Because yeah, I think Igalo sort of sees you through for a year or two if he does sign permanently, uh, and then you have Greenwood with a bit more experience under his belt. Rashford is then a bona fide senior player if he isn't already. So I think that sort of gets you through. Whereas another real front liner, I just think possibly complicate the situation, especially if you throw in Jaden Sancho if they get him as a as a wing option into the mix. That's probably probably one too many players who are expecting to to play lots of minutes for, for Solskjaer to juggle. Well, and, and I guess there's another question from you on, on the sort of topic of it. I know Solskjaer said, and he, he said quite a bit last season and in last preseason as well, that he likes strikers who are versatile, play all across the attacking line. But personally, for me, I like specialists because I feel like, yes, United do have that flexibility and amid the injuries, it's really useful to have players who can play in other positions, but... When I, I know we all love nostalgia, but when I think about sort of great teams that won titles and stuff, you do have recognised players in each position. And for me, I still feel like United's attacking line is maybe too flexible. I'd rather have it sort of set in stone. Yeah, I sort of understand where Solskjaer's coming from because you want people to be able to fill in if you really need to and you, you want sort of all-round footballers rather than... One of the reasons why I never really liked Javier Hernandez at United is I thought he was too much of a goal scorer. <laughs> he almost didn't do anything else other than score goals. Like he never got involved in the in the play, whereas other players would. So I sort of know where Solskjaer's coming from. But then you think back to like a Ruben Nistelrooy. He was an absolute classic number nine, and you know he, he scored goals, but he, he did other things as well. Egalo's shown that United did need a number nine because he linked linked the play really well as soon as he came in. Looked like he. He sort of knew the position, knew what to, knew the sort of smarts of the position. Whereas Martial hasn't looked a natural in the number nine role. So, yeah, I think United do need at least one natural specialist number nine in the squad. Just it's just who that is. Yeah, I was going to ask because I saw on social media the other day someone said that the goal is good enough for now, but that doesn't mean they should necessarily buy him in the summer. It's like the Solskjaer sort of caretaker manager problem, isn't it? Like he's doing well now. Maybe you, you get his usage, then let him go. Like, do you think Agallo is good enough, or do you think you should get like a Dulux version of someone like him? You can get someone who is in their late twenties. I mean, we've seen Harry Kane and Aubameyang both linked. I know I don't want to go too much into that really because they both seem rather fanciful, and I can't really see it happening on either of the fronts. But do you think United should stick with someone like Agallo, or you know, if they're going to, if they've realised they need an experienced number nine? Do you think they should just bite the bullet and buy someone who's is more in their prime? Yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I, Harry Kane, yeah, I don't think that'll happen, to be honest with you. I, I think he, it would be a good signing, but it would be really, really expensive and unrealistic to think United can land someone like that. Yeah, I just I just think that... I actually do think Igalo has been has proven himself enough to be good enough to keep for a bit longer. Obviously, it, if Shanghai Shenua wants a big fee and he, he, he's going to demand big wages, I think that's an issue because he's probably not one for the long term, uh, being 30. And yeah, if you could get someone of sort of the 26, 27 year old category for three seasons or something to then take Greenwood up to being 21, that's probably a perfect action plan going forward. But United are probably not going to have that luxury if they want to spend big money elsewhere on positions that are probably more important. 
Yeah, and you've already mentioned him once before, Jaden Sancho. We've got a question here from Tomoski Emmanuel, who says, why are United so interested in Jaden Sancho instead of a left-footed winger? Now, I've already spoken about that sort of specialist right winger. United haven't had one since arguably Nani, and even then he played both sides anyway. So United need a right winger. It's a clear absence on their side. Daniel James has looked okay there, but there's not one player in that United team who is a right winger. It's either Matter or James, neither of them really suited to it anymore. So personally, I think right winger is the priority for, for me if I was in charge this summer. But yeah, I mean, it might sound stupid, Dom, but why are United so interested in James Sancho? He's one of the best players in, in Europe. Well, why wouldn't it be interested? Yeah, he's just turned 20. One of the most exciting let, let's forget he's English because I don't think that that should. It used to sort of make a difference that signing English players is what uh, teams wanted, and United obviously went down that route. But forget that he's one of the most exciting players in the world, no matter what his nationality. Uh, Twenty years old, his record there with, in the Bundesliga with Dortmund is absolutely sensational. And like you say, he's an out-and-out right winger. That's his position. He can cut inside on his left. He can go outside on his right. He's quite two-footed. Don't think if United go, oh, we just we want someone who can cut inside their left foot. That's that's what we're after, and that limits your search. And there's just no doubt that Sancho's probably the best available right winger in terms of someone who's going to be on the market in the summer. We've heard lots of noises that uh, Dortmund will probably consider a sale depending on the price. Uh, he just he would just suit United, wouldn't he? He's got the pace. You can see him linking up with Rashford like he does for England. Yeah, just I, I'm searching for reason, reasons why they wouldn't be interested in Sancho, to be honest. Yeah, I guess the only, like you said, the only sort of tricky point will be the transfer fee. But in terms of hypothetically now, if United were to sign Jadon Sancho this summer, what would your front three be going into the first game of next season with everyone fully fit? Um, Sancho on the right, Rashford on the left, and Martial down the middle, I think. And then you've got three good backup options in Igalo, Greenwood, and James. So that's six players for three positions with three pretty clear first choices, I think, and three players who who wouldn't mind being rotation options, impact options off the bench. Um, would you differ from that? No, not particularly. But I guess in terms of the point that was made from Tomoski, then you have got one left winger who's always looking to cut inside and you've got a right winger who likes to go out wide it might be a bit asymmetrical but yeah I think on paper particularly I know I guess in modern football you always think about how good would that be on FIFA how good would that be a football manager it would be very good on FIFA yeah Joe Marshall Rashford even just you know hypothetically it sounds like it's front three just that's definitely got the potential to be just as good as any other not just in the Premier League but in world football yeah, you think about Liverpool's front three and their sort of interchangeability and pace and the fact that none of them really is a specialist uh, in one particular position. They all like to float. So that's something that United maybe can replicate with Sancho, Martial and, and Rashford. Obviously, Rashford can play down the middle. Martial can drop on the left. Sancho can float around. I do I do think that's uh, beginning to look very exciting for United fans. Uh, another question here from Kingsley Patrick. He says, by signing a new winger, how do Man United intend to develop the likes of Mason Greenwood and Tahith Chong, knowing fully well that they need loads of game time? I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because Tahith Chong, the saga, has been quite odd this season. It looked like at one point he was definitely going to leave, and then he signed his new contract. Yes, it's not a super long contract, but Tahith Chong maybe needs a loan next season. That could be a caveat, but he does need to be playing more often, doesn't he? And it does seem odd how he'd fit into this United eleven. 
Yeah, he'd very, very much be a, a backup, wouldn't he? The only thing is that you could maybe say United don't have or wouldn't have, especially if um, someone like Jesse Lingard were to leave and obviously with Mata coming towards the end of his his time at United, you know, don't have that many wing options uh, after James and then the ones that we've mentioned. So there's a possibility that Chong comes into that. Obviously, European games, cup games and stuff like that. I would I wonder if they do send him on. Like, it would be a bit of a strange end to the saga after all that sort of umming and yes. ahhing over a contract that he then went out on loan. I, I don't know if I can see that, to be honest. No, that's what's so odd about it, really, because, like you said, it just seemed like they've tried so hard to keep him to then let him go. I'm not sure if that means they just want the safety net to see how good he actually is if he was to go. I mean, I, I'm guessing myself, I presume it would either be to uh, maybe, maybe somewhere like Germany or or Holland, one of the leagues where it's maybe less physical, or you know, because he he is very slight, isn't he? But he has got the talent. I just personally, I don't really see what he does because we were always sold this sort of this. I don't know, maybe this line with with Chong. We, when playing in the youth team, he was always a right winger, but when he's coming to the senior side, his best game's been on the left. Yeah. So now, now he's even more overstacked on the left. I just I can't really see where he fits in, but I guess it's productive that they've kept a top young talent and yeah I always thought Angel Gomez would be the one though out of the two mm. to stay on and, and kick on at the club from having seen him close to the, the under 23s like you say Chong's always looked good on under 23 level but he has pretty much fluffed his lines every time he played for the senior team but maybe he can he can grow with a with a loan like you say yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens with him. And talking of loans, um, another question here is from Jew Sutherland. So, Jew Sutherland. Oh God, I can't say do. Jew Sutherland on the United page. He I'm asks. Drink. Yeah, it does. Uh, Marcus Rojo, Alexis Sanchez, Chris Smalling, Dean Henderson. What is their fate? Will they still be at the club next season? Should we take them one by one, do them quite quickly? Yeah, yeah go Marcus, on. Marcus Rojo. Not he won't be at the club. I, I'd be very, very surprised if he stayed at the club. I think everyone wants uh, wants a move in in that case, don't you? Yeah, at Estudiantes now, almost joined Everton last summer. Uh, you know, or was it the summer before? I can't remember. They, I think it was the summer before. They went for Yerry Mina in the end, but I think two he, transfers running. He, he is close to joining Everton. Uh, yeah. Now, so yeah, I don't expect him to go back to Argentina. I think that's a sort of a temporary homecoming thing for him, but I think he'll uh, he'll definitely go somewhere else in Europe in in the yeah. summer. This is just a guess. I, I can just imagine him in like a Fenerbahce shirt. Don't know why, but I think Turkey's crying out for you, Marcus Rojo. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Alexis Sanchez. Again, I'd be surprised, but there's a big issue in that. Will anybody take San- Sanchez off United on the wages that he's on? I mean, yeah. he hasn't really played that much for Inter because of injuries, etc. That's a big, big issue for United to solve, I think. Yeah, it's an odd one, isn't it? Because Particularly because Solskjaer said that uh, he does have a future at the club. That I think that's just sort of trying to make sure he's still got a bit of a transfer value in the in the summer. But because of his wages, United won't be able to dictate a high fee for him. They're just going to have to try to get rid of his wages from the from the outgoings. Um, I know you wrote your piece as well yesterday, Dom. It does seem like a move to either sort of Asia or, or the MLS is, is the only real hope for, for Sanchez. You certainly hope for United as well if they want to to get Sanchez off the wage bill. Yeah, I don't believe a word of what Solskjaer says. A little bit of politics maybe when he said that he's got a future, but I, I just think that United need to need to cut ties. It's just been an absolute disaster of a move, and United have moved well on from from players like Sanchez with uh, with also getting people like Greenwood in and Agallo. So I just yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense for him to stay. Yeah, I guess that's an interesting point you've made there with the first two. They do sort of stink of the 
the mistakes United have made past Ferguson and getting rid of them would be sort of proof of the progress they make under Solskjaer, wouldn't it? Definitely, yeah. They, they've just been ones that were ill-thought out in terms of transfers. Rojo on the back of a half-decent World Cup and Sanchez just because they wanted to basically, United basically wanted to stick two fingers up to City and say we've got a player that you wanted. Neither neither have been uh, anything like what United probably would have expected. So yeah, it's uh, probably time for them to move on. Next two are interesting, aren't they? Because they're both really impressed on loan. Chris Smalling, I personally can't see him fitting in at United and I think he deserves better than being fourth or fifth choice at Old Trafford should he stay. Looks like he's going to be behind Amanda similar. Yeah, it's interesting seeing the, the reports linking him with Arsenal and I think to Spurs as well, where he could potentially link up again with uh, Jose Mourinho. He was a bit of a fan of him, wasn't he, at Old Trafford? I think, yeah, like you say, I don't think there's any, I don't think Smalling will want to go back to United and, like you say, be fourth choice centre back. There's loads, yeah. of, uh, loads of options for him and loads of options for United to secure some something in the region of 15 to 20 million of, uh, for his services. So I think he's another one who really does need a move. Next one, Dean Henderson. It's the tough one, isn't it? I think ask any United fan. And it's a, it's a, I mean, United always play the card. They've got the second best. They've got the, sorry, they've got the best backup keeper in the league. And we've got Dean Henderson. Jesus. You've got three top goalkeepers who could all play for maybe a top six Premier League club there. Something yeah. has to give one of them, surely. Yeah, you wonder if it will be David De Gea and if Solskjaer will make a big, big call and and say, Dean Henderson, you're the number one. I mean, I think I've written on this a couple of times uh, fairly recently about, well, there's no reason for United to be sending Dean Henderson anywhere next season, not on loan, not a permanent deal. It would be... It would be madness to do so, I think, considering what he's done this season for Sheffield United. I just think United have to let's see how it plays out. Maybe you give it till till January next season and whoever of the of the two, the Hay or Henderson, has done better that you keep and you have to make a very difficult decision on the other one. United have got all the cards here. They're in a very strong position. It's um, it's Romero who are probably fearful rather than, uh, than either Dean Henderson or De Gea. Yeah, and of course you've got De Gea and Henderson both signed new contracts at United recently, so they both yeah, got they a long big fee, wouldn't they? Yeah, exactly. I, I agree with you on that one. I think in De Gea you've got maybe I think De Gea's the better goalkeeper, but he's on his way down. Dean Henderson's not far behind him, but he's on his way up. So those two sort of lines are going to intersect at some point. You might need to predict it perfectly. Personally. It's Dean Henderson, you know, I mean, yes, as the argument, he's not played for a big club where the media scrutiny is quite as difficult. Um, Sheffield United are doing really well, though. But I guess when you're go when you at a team like Sheffield United doing well, everything's positive. If he was at United, some of the mistakes he's made this season would be, he'd be crucified for. But I feel, I feel like you've got to give them both, like you said, at least half a season together. Vying every day to get that number one jersey is, is such a good problem for him to have so yeah you, you, you just hope that De Gea's reaction to it is a positive one and that he doesn't sort of feel affronted by bringing United, United bringing a, a keeper who's said outright Henderson doesn't he that he wants to be number one he's not going to come back and sit on the bench so you hope De Gea rises, rises to the challenge rather than shies away and throws his toys out of the pram really he hasn't got a history of doing that he's a, he's a good professional so I don't expect that to happen but it'll be an interesting battle if they do both stay at the club what do you think in terms of I mean I know everyone says Romero is the best number two but I feel like it's exactly what De Gea needs is some actual serious competition because even last season towards the end when De Gea had awful form Solskjaer refused to drop him because he had so much faith in him but you know there will be no excuses of Henderson's around lurking as a number two 
because if you don't perform, you're out of the team and there's no questions about it. I, I personally think it would be really good for, for both of them. Yeah, it should be. I didn't agree with Solskjaer when he, he kept the hair in religiously at the end of the season because his form was, like you say, very, very poor. Some really high-profile mistakes, which they didn't cost United the top four place because the overall team performance wasn't good either, but they didn't help. And yeah, you, you do you do think that the hair should rise, rise to a challenge. Romero is... It's quite odd that he is happy to be number two considering how good he is and considering that he could play for... You know, another Champions League club probably be their number one, or at least a Europa League club. So, yeah, it's it's a big challenge for De Gea. He he was kept in at the end of last season because United wanted to uh, to pander to him a little bit. And um, yeah, this will be interesting how it plays out. Yeah, and of course they've both got a European Championship next summer as well, uh, Henderson and De Gea. So that should motivate them even further to be playing every week. Um, in terms of the future as well, Abdul Mohammed on our Facebook group asks. If Paul Pogba was to stay, what system would United play and who would have to make way? Would Fred be on the bench? Oh, that, that is a good question. Yeah, that's a really good question. There's a big if, though, isn't it, with whether he's going to stay or not, because I very much doubt that with what's uh, what's been said and what's panned out. I guess he'd have to play, wouldn't he, with United's current squad when he's back fit? I think probably yeah. Scott McTominay sits on the bench. So you've got Pogba, Pogba, Fred... And Bruno Bruno ahead. I guess the good thing is, like you said there, it, the fact that it is a debate because all of a sudden United have gone from that game at, was it Burnley when Gary Neville said they've got no midfield whatsoever to now they've got a predicament where you can't even choose who the best midfield is because there's so much. Yeah, there was um, Burnley. They actually did surprisingly well when they had no midfield away. Um, and there was the game away at Sheffield United when Fred and That's Pereira one, yeah. played together and they were really overrun by Sheffield United and Phil Jones played in the back three. That's a situation you can't see happening now because Matic has signed, uh, or has, has triggered the one-year extension in his deal, so he'll be staying, I would have thought, with Tomine and Fred around. Um, and if Pogba is around as well, yeah, you've got loads of options. And if Pogba isn't uh, going to stay, obviously we know United are interested in Jack Grealish and James Madison, but they may also go for a defensive midfielder as well. Uh, I think they're considering that. So that would be another option to, to throw in with Fred and McTominay, who are probably the first choice uh, defensive midfield pairing. This question is not from Facebook. This is from me. Uh, I, I'm, from you. I'm, yeah, I'm perplexed by it. Um, Jude Bellingham, I... I know United are interested in Jude Bellingham. He's had a tour of the training ground. They're still battling Dortmund and Chelsea to try and sign him. But where do you think he actually fits in if he was to sign for United? The commander fee, which indicates he has to be a senior player in the first team, but he's 16-year-old. He's you know, he's younger than like James Garner and Dylan Levitt, who are both being tipped for big things. And like you said, there's there's not you can't go straight into the, the starting lineup at 16. I just find it quite... Quite a tricky one. But like you say, with that fee that's been mentioned, sort of 30 million, I think, has been mentioned. Yeah. He's not going to go into the academy either with that, is he? He's not going to go and play youth no. team football. So it's either a loan back to Birmingham or pro- probably a lower Premier League team. Maybe you could loan him to somebody like Watford, I don't know. Um, and then you. What's the choice in that? You just told them that you're having him. I'm just yeah, I've just told, I've just told Watford they're having Jude Bellingham for a year. I think he would fit in with their style. No, but no, in a ser- on a serious note, you have to either play him as a semi-regular first teamer or you loan him back for a year and then see where he's at um, in eighteen months' time. I guess it is a bit yeah. an interesting one, but I guess with a talent as so great as Bellingham, he's played loads in the Championship this season, scored a number of goals. You probably just take the 
you have to pay the pay the money to get him and then you take the gamble on his development yeah that makes sense that very wise Don I, I admire that approach what are we director of football well we've got a piece on our website now it's flying which says much like Matt the new director of football if the answer isn't Don Booth then I will eat my I've read hat. it and it's not me so I don't think it is the perfect director well, of football I might do the same piece tomorrow morning with a different name <laughs> uh, today's final question is from John David Evans on the Facebook group he asks, if United finish outside the top four, if and when the season resumes, how much of an impact do you think that will have on signings in the summer transfer window? Of course, if United did miss out on Champions League football this season, they would have quite a big loss in terms of their Adidas contract. That's got a caveat in it that it says if United fail to qualify again this, this summer, then they'll lose out on quite a big proportion of money. But in terms of actual attractiveness, do you think Champions League football is as big of a draw as we make it out to be at times or do you think someone like Sancho I mean Pogba joined United in Europa League someone like Sancho might say not in the Champions League this season but I've got so much faith that you'll get back there with me that I don't mind not playing in it for one year yeah I think I don't know really I don't know I, I don't know what goes through players minds when they're thinking about moves uh, is it purely money and wages I don't I don't think it is with with a lot of players. I think a lot of players are interested in in winning titles and obviously the Champions League is a big draw. Someone like Sancho has he went to Borussia Dortmund in, in quite a bold move, didn't he? Because he wanted to play games that which he wasn't getting at Man City when he was coming through the academy there. So I think he he seems like the kind of player who has a lot of ambition and he wants the best for himself. So maybe he's one to put in the category of would have to have Champions League football. Obviously, there are other other types of players, and United still, would still be able to attract a, a pretty good calibre of player if they weren't in the Champions League. Uh, look at Bruno Fernandes. He obviously has come from uh, a fellow Europa League side in Sporting and has, has not minded coming to United because it's a big enough step up in terms of the size of club. So, although dropping out the Champions League, if we ever get to the end of this season and the end of the Champions League uh, qualification race. I still think United would would feel the feel the dent of that in terms of transfers. Um, but it, as we've seen, like you said, with Pogba and everybody else, Ibrahimovic, uh, it wouldn't be the end of the world. Yeah, I guess the, uh, the United premium that we talk about would just get even higher. But interesting to see. And like you said there, it's all a bit trivial at the moment. Yeah, when is that going to be? Nobody knows, do they? Yeah, exactly. And I must make out, I know we say it most weeks, what we're writing at the moment is all trivial as well. We appreciate all the support you're giving us. But uh, football football goes on, doesn't it? And I guess that's uh, the beauty of it as well. There's that one sort of continuality that... Football transfers definitely go on. There's, there's not been any relenting in how much transfer talk there's been. It's just the, the matches that we're missing at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, they've really hyped up, aren't they? I mean, we used to complain about having one game a week sometimes to report on. And I don't think we'll ever take that for granted again. But, no, uh, no. Bring back one game a fortnight would be fine now, wouldn't it? That'd be absolutely dreamy. But uh, for today's podcast... I think that's all we've got time for. Like we said, we'll be back again next week, maybe for another Q&A sort of style podcast. We'll try and do these for as long as this situation goes on for. And we'll also do maybe more specialist ones who've been your players of the season and stuff. Maybe just even look back at certain seasons in United's history. But we are always welcome to hear your ideas. Like I said, we've got the Manchester is Red uh, podcast group on Facebook. Also our at Man United M-E-N Twitter handle. And you can contact Dom and I as well on Twitter and we'll be sure to collate your questions for the next podcast but Dom thank you very much for joining us this week on the Manchester Podcast thank you very much
have a nice day stay safe wash your hands yeah. enjoy the and lockdown and enjoy what you can of the lockdown i've got a lot of football manager to play tonight but oh, yeah. thank you very much for listening to this podcast please do leave a like and subscribe if you can and like i said feel free to get in touch as we look ahead to the to whatever it is in store for us but thank you once again for listening and we will see you again next time